Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation. It receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast for those wanting to connect with the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies in California through hearing stories from and learning more about the families in cattle country. Running a bi-weekly podcast, which includes travel to remote areas throughout the state, meeting subjects with dynamic schedules can sometimes present occasional logistical issues. For our ninth episode of our second season, we had lined up a few potential ranchers, which ultimately fell through. With a few days' notice, we threw a Hail Mary reaching out to Ventura's Rich Atmore. Rich runs a cattle operation with his sons in Ventura, along with R.A. Atmore & Sons, an environmental contract service providing weed abatement, erosion control, vegetation management, and environmental restoration for various entities like municipalities and utility companies. Rich is a bit of a unicorn for this podcast as he's the first, first first-generation rancher we've ever interviewed. Rich is tall. And though he frequently enjoys talking about his impending retirement, has a youthful appearance and a matching exuberance for his operations, his employees, and his family. Rich picked me up in a side-by-side and drove me around the property. His cows are calving right now, so about half the cows are being trailed by small calves, where the others are about to give birth. split off from the moms a little bit hanging out with each other well they do that all the time because the moms need to range out and feed yeah so the cows all do this little thing where they leave one or two cows behind to babysit oh okay and then the other ones go out and forage and then the next day a couple different cows stay behind to watch and the other ones go out forage they're pretty cow are pretty smart you know they're smarter than people we drove and stopped at various crests to enjoy the phenomenal views including a west-facing view of the Pacific Ocean featuring Anacapa Island of the Channel Islands Archipelago. We then sat down to chat about how he got into ranching, his various operations, and his harrowing experience in the 2017 Thomas Fire. I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. So I'm Rich Atmore, and I'd be happy to tell this story, because it's the story of my life. I grew up here in Ventura. My parents were both school teachers. My dad served 23 years in the Marine Corps and uh, 22 years with the Unified School District down here in Ventura. And when I went to Buena High School, I had a friend, his name was Anthony Osuna, and his father, his grandfather, ran cattle in the hills above Ventura. And one day he said, hey, Rich, my grandfather needs some help this weekend. Would you be willing to go up and help on a branding? Because he needs somebody to help hold calves down. And And I said, boy, that sounds like a bunch of fun, and absolutely, I'll go help you. And that was the first branding I've ever been to in my whole life. My biggest experience in the cattle business was that day. You know, I I watched the cowboys roping the calves, and they taught me how to help throw them down and hold them down, give the vaccinations, castrate, earmark, and it was the best thing I ever saw. I just, I fell in love with the business instantly on that day. And Rocky Esparza was the owner of the cattle business up here at that time on the Lloyd Ranch. Like I said, his grandson was Anthony. And uh, I said, hey, I'm going to come up here and help you, Rocky. You know, and he said, well, I I could use some help. You know, I'm only only 82 years old. I don't need that much help. But if you check and see if I'm alive once in a while, you can come up and help me. 
So I started coming up and visiting and helping on a, on a weekly basis, maybe two or three times a week. And we drove around the ranch and checked on the cattle. And he taught me the cattle business, you know, through his verbal history, because he'd been here for 52 years. And the guy was here before him was here for 50 years. Before that, it was the Lloyd family that ran the cattle out here on the ranch. And but to make a long story short, he really taught me the cattle business from inside and out. And he had a neighbor next door, Toots Oregi, who was a famous cattleman here in Ventura County. And Rocky always helped Toots. So his way of helping Toots at age 82 was to have me go over and help Toots. I was just pleased and tickled pink to do it. And Toots was a great cattleman. They both had different experiences and skill sets. They both had been ranching for a very long time, learned from their family. The bottom line is, is ranching all of a sudden got in my blood. And Rocky had a house in Ventura behind the house he lived in that was all run down. And I said, hey, Rocky, you know, I've been helping you for the last couple of months. Can I move in that old house back there? And he said, well, once again, I'm all 82. But uh, if you'll help me once in a while, you can move in that house. So I had a bunch of buddies from high school who had gone in construction trades, and they helped me rebuild the old house with the leaky roof and the kitchen that didn't work and everything else in that place. And we fixed the house up, and he was never so proud because that house used to be his house. And I worked with him for eight years, from 1982 to, I'm, I'm actually 1980 is when I first actually started working for Rocky. And in, in 1988, he looked at me one day and he said, Rich, I'm thinking about retiring. And I've had all these other cowboys out here helping me, but you're the only one that never asked me about how much does the lease cost? Can I take over the lease? You just help me without any conditions. I always appreciated that. And uh, I want you to take over the cattle business and the lease here on the Lloyd Ranch. So he said, can you do me a favor and write a letter for me? Because Rocky couldn't write. And I said, you bet. You just tell me what you want to say and I'll write it down. He said, dear Lloyd Corporation, thank you very much for the last 52 years. But as you know, I'm 88 years old. I mean, I'm 82 years old, 88 years old. And I'd like to, uh, I'd like to sell my business to Richard Atmore. And that's contingent upon him taking over the lease. So Lloyd Corporation wrote back to him within three days after sending that letter. And they said, we've seen him out there helping you all these years. And if he's good enough for you, he's darn sure good enough for us. So we'd like to sign a lease with Richard Atmore. And if he'll buy your cattle, he can take over the lease. So with that, I got started in the cattle business above the hills of Ventura. And Rocky lived for several more years. He went with me every day. He shook his cane at me like I still work for him, which I felt like I did. And uh, it was just a pleasure to work for him. At the same time, I kept helping Toots Oregi, who was a great cowboy had tons of experience, like fifth generation cattle rancher. Together, we, we, we just kind of provided stewardship above these hills above Ventura. And it was just a pleasure to, to be able to learn from those guys because they both had different skill sets. And one of them was more of a land manager and the other one was more of a facility guy that put together good corrals and good fences. And we all kind of worked together and it was just a, a really good experience. Back in the days, I went to some invasive plant council meetings and learned about, I saw some other cattle ranchers speak about holistic management. And then I saw all these old fences around the ranches. And I said to Rocky, those old fences we haven't been fixed up in a long time. I mean, we're like into, you know, 1,500 acre, 3,000 acre pastures. 
He goes, and you know, in the old days, the fences really made a big difference because we could rotationally graze cattle and we could move them around better. But with the economics in the cattle business, it's been really hard for the last 30, 40 years to be able to put those fences back. So we've been doing the best we can, repairing fences. And that's part of what I did. You know, when I first started here, I was fixing fences all over the place, old fences. But learning about holistic management, high intensity, you know, short duration grazing, I realized that you could really improve the land. And that's the way it used to be. And when I talked to Rocky and Toots about it, they agreed. And so we started rebuilding fences. And then I took over the lease of the land and we worked with the Natural Resource Conservation Service, got grants to help rebuild a lot of those fences. And we turned pastures that had turned into on 4,500 acres, there was only like three pastures. We turned them into 10 pastures. And we started holistically managing the land. And we started noticing the difference instantly. And Rocky and Toots went, this is the way it used to be. Uh, after Rocky retired, I bought his cattle business out. Of, out uh, Toots stayed in business till 1995. And then I bought his part of the cattle business out. I kept working with the Lloyd Corporation, who hired me to manage part of their oil field and their surface properties, as well as I leased the land and ran the cattle. And a long time went by, and in 1992, Lloyd decided to, uh, to try a development measure, and it didn't really work out. And then in 2002, they tried another one, and it didn't work out. And each time I thought, well, this is the end of the ranch. They're going to build houses. And they're going to run me out. And whoever the new people are, I'm gone. I'm living up here in a mobile home on the ranch. Finally, I went to Lloyd at one point in time and said, hey, you've tried a couple development measures. Is there any possibility that I could buy this land and you could work with me on it? And that we could start a 501c3 and call it the Rancho Ventura Conservation Trust. And maybe you could use part of your oil royalties to write off against the donation of the land to the trust but up front, I'll buy part of the land. You could donate part. And the Lloyds had appreciated myself working out here over the years. And they said, uh, we not only, the board of directors decided that we not only want to work with you on this deal, we want to donate the land to the trust that you're starting right up the front and then work with you on buying the rest of the land. So over the course of several years, we worked together on that. And the guy who started cleaning corrals went to the guy that owned the ranch. They've been running cattle here for like 150 years or maybe more. You have a kind of a re really unique position in this because I, uh, would, you, would you define yourself? Would you call yourself an environmentalist? Absolutely, positively. We constantly work on improving the environment out here. And as a matter of fact, we worked so hard on it out here that the county of Ventura found out about it and hired us to help them provide stewardship on invasive plant removal and other aspects of mitigation. And they're some of our largest clients now. So that, that's one good thing for us is we're not just doing cattle ranching, we're doing environmental restoration and habitat improvement, wildlife habitat improvement, all these programs that we learned out here on the ranch through attrition, we've now taken and sold to our urban neighbors. I think that there's preconceptions just, and th these are ones that I held, like, again, I'm not from ag, and a long time ago, if people were to ask me, do you think cattle ranchers are caring for the environment, I'd probably say maybe. And I think people kind of are in that middle world. Can you help better define what the benefits of having cattle on this land are? Like, what are they doing to make this 
a better place, a, a, a more vibrant environment naturally. Well, cattle ranching, if done properly, there's always bad actors, medium actors, and good actors in any industry. But if you really look at the holistic management process and what's best for the land, and what's really good is that we own the land. So our ultimate goal is to take care of the land. If you don't take care of the land, it won't take care of you. If you overgraze or abuse the land, all you end up with is overgrazed and abused land. So we really work hard on not falling in love with the cows that we have, because in Southern California, we go through these drought cycles, and some of them are horrendous. And if you want to sit there and feed cattle hay every day and then watch them overgraze the pasture you're feeding hay in, that may be detrimental to your property. And, but as a landowner, and even as a tenant, you want to really look at what's good for the long haul. And what's good for the long haul is the land and taking care of the land, providing stewardship. And that's where we kind of fall into place as far as on our ranch to providing that stewardship that's, that's important. It reduces fuel loads. Our cows eat over a million pounds of vegetation right above the city of Ventura. The city of Ventura in 2000, December of 2017 went through the Thomas Fire. 700 homes burned down in the city of city of Ventura. Before that, I doubt if all the wildfires combined burnt down more than 10 houses since the beginning of time. It's really important to keep that stewardship going. That stewardship means more than just how many cows can I run and how much money can I make? It goes to how can I work with my urban neighbors? How can I protect the community? How can I do a better job of providing for the environment? How can I improve my wildlife carrying capacity? All those things are important. We monitor the wildlife carrying capacity by putting trail cameras out by all the water that we develop, all the springs, everything else that we put together. And then by monitoring that, we can see all the deer, the bear, the mountain lions, what's in check, what's out of balance, and how we can constantly work to improve our land because the cattle are part of the land. Like I said, they've been here for 225 years. This is all part of the Rancho Ventura X mission. So basically, it was part of the mission that was set up in the 1700s, and they had cattle back in the late 1700s, and they've been here ever since. So cattle have been here more than 225 years, and they're part of the environment. They've affected the environment. Cattle ranchers and land stewards in the past, even Native Americans were land stewards. They, they did prescribed burning for 10,000 years to provide for habitat, for wildlife, because they depended upon that wildlife to survive. And ranchers are the same thing. They have to find a balance between grazing cattle, providing stewardship over the land, and taking care of wildlife. Ranching is not just what we do. So I'm, it's who we are. Uh, just mentioned the uh, the Thomas fire, and you mentioned how it did burn a bunch of structures in this area, but you didn't really cover how it completely affected your area here. And we were just up by your home, which you just built a few years prior. The fire burned up and probably 12 feet from your house. You know, it was everywhere. Can you just tell us about your experience uh, with the Thomas fire? And it was, it seems like it was a pretty, I don't know if ferocious is the right word, but it was a pretty intense fire with what it was like for you over those couple of days. You know, that was a pretty horrific night. I think it was December 5th, 2017. We watched the news that evening and saw a, a fire started over by St. Thomas Aquinas College, which is over by Santa Paula. 
and that the fight it was of course an east wind blowing like 60 70 miles an hour that day and that evening and we knew the fire was coming towards us and we started communicating with other ranchers that were our neighbors and they started saying well the fire came onto our ranch and now it's going over to sloan's well sloan's is our neighbor back in the back right 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 next to hobson they said looks like the fire might be to you in an hour but this time it's like 7:30 at night and I looked at the back of the prevailing ridge on our property that was probably two and a half miles away, and I saw a glow 30 minutes after my buddy said it'll be there in an hour. And within five minutes, that fire at 80 mile an hour winds came racing down that canyon like a cyclone. And it was, you could hear oak trees popping and just everything was burning. And embers were flying everywhere. And the next thing you know, spot fires were all over the canyon, down below my house, above my house, around my house. Our barns caught on fire. Our equipment, our backhoes, our tractors, our dozers caught on fire. It was just one hell of a night. We stayed and fought the fire. Three of my foremen stayed behind and fought the fire. My two boys, my wife at that time, stayed and we all fought the fire. We have a lot of water and water supply, so we were lucky. So with the hoses we had, we were able to save the house and a couple of our barns, but we lost a big barn next to the house, a lot of equipment. You know, out of 400 head of cows, we only lost 35 cows during that fire because of controlled burning. The lucky thing was, is the pasture I had those cattle in, we had prescribed burned two years before the Thomas fire. I had all the cattle in that pasture because we rotationally graze. They mostly survived. There was about 30 head that got up in the brush. They were younger heifers. And there was one place we hadn't burned in that one pasture. And they got up there and those 35 head perished. But the rest of them survived. And so we were really fortunate on that deal. But we lost about 45 miles of fences, which is a little over a million and a half dollars worth of fences. We lost, like I said, a couple of barns. We lost one horse. Uh, we, we went through a lot that night, and we're still dealing with it five years later. So, yeah, that was a big deal. And uh, like I said, we're still pulling through it, but, uh, but we're out the other side, and we're moving onward and upward. People that live in suburban areas, people that don't live out, they don't necessarily have to live with the same kind of risks as people that are living on ranches. In Sacramento, where I live, I know there's a fire when there's a bunch of smoke around, but I don't really ever see fire. And the same we talk about with drought and water. It's, you know, when I get an email saying you should probably just water your grass once a week, you know, they're shutting down ranchers' water in, in certain circumstances. I was supposed to go visit a ranch to where they have a large ranch because of geography kind of exclusive access to beaches. Right now, there's a lot of litigation back and forth, you know, basically the community saying, hey, beaches belong to everybody. We want access. And then on the other side, it's the people in that ranching community are saying, well, if we just open the floodgates, it could be detrimental. I wanted to talk a little bit about Two Trees. Well, Two Trees is a pretty famous landmark above the city of Ventura. There was a cattle rancher here in Sexton Canyon, and his name was Joseph Sexton. And he, just, he had a nursery business in Santa Barbara. And at that time, they were bringing eucalyptus trees into Ventura County for windbreaks for, uh, for, you know, lemon orchards and orange orchards. And to make a long story short, he decided to go up to the top of his ranch here in Ventura and plant 13 eucalyptus trees along a, a ridgeline right on his property. 
And they were there and he watered them. He went up there a mule and a horseback and they watered the trees for a couple of years. And then about four years later, a wildfire came through and it burned up all the trees, but five. So for another 30 years, there were five trees up there. They were always called the five sisters, but there was five trees. And then gradually some of those, uh, died. A couple of them died. And then a couple of them were cut down by vandals. One was replaced in 1945. And since the 1950 or so, we had two trees. So the hill, the, the top of the hill became known as two trees. It is a famous landmark above the city of Ventura. It's a very prominent view shed from the people that live in town. It's something they all relate to. Everybody in Ventura, it seems like trespassed and went up to two trees to see what it was about. And I got to admit, before I was on, actually working on the ranch, I was one of the ones that trespassed up there and went to the two trees. But to make a long story short, they didn't hurt anything and they were just taking a hike. That landmark, the trees have kind of suffered over the years from drought and just old age. Those trees got to be 100 years old, and that's about as long as you can expect eucalyptus tree to live. We decided to plant some new trees. I don't know, about six years ago, we planted two new trees up there to replace the ones that had died. One of those is still alive. One of the old existing trees from 1950 is still sitting there. It's, it's defoliated and it's dead, but it still looks like a tree from a distance. And we just planted a second tree to replace that. So with any rate, we're making the commitment to the community that we're going to maintain the two trees. And actually, that land over there on that side is what Lloyd donated to the Rancho Ventura Conservation Trust, is the, the conservation trust we started and control. And uh, we take people for hikes up there. So since the Thomas fire, we've had 6,000 people come up and enjoy a hike to the two trees. Because part of our new goal with the Conservation Trust is to bring people up to the land and let them appreciate what farmers and ranchers do to provide food and stewardship for the hills and protect the community from wildfire. Because we really want people to know because we're like off the beaten track. Everybody looks down in town, maybe they see the two trees, but they don't see what's behind that. And we want to let people know what's behind that. Those are things we need to teach the community, bring school kids to learn. And that's part of why we started the Conservation Trust, is to help the community in Southern California learn what ranchers do to provide for the environment and protection of the community. The other thing I, I noticed, I haven't been up there, but I did see pictures and I saw a video that you, that you did about two trees and they are covered in, in paint and a lot of people have like carved their names into it. And I think, you know, a lot of those people think it's harmless and doesn't hurt the tree. But, you know, obviously if you carve into a tree a whole bunch of times, it's going to adversely affect its health. Would you say that it's okay to, to carve into the dead one or <laughs> like if they're going to go up and carve or just no carving? I would say no painting, no carving. Nobody wants to see your earmark on something out in a natural environment. So don't put your initials on anything in the natural environment. Don't paint anything in the natural environment. Go out and look at it, enjoy it, and also respect it. So when you're out in a natural environment, try to be quieter than you normally are. Don't try to scream and holler because wildlife doesn't like those things. You know, try to enjoy the wildlife and take your earbuds off and look and enjoy and listen to nature. Because if you want to just listen to your iPod, you can stay back in town and do that. You know, I just want to say that we're really proud of the, the accomplishments we've been able to make to protect the ranch and that three years ago that we were able to work with the California Rangeland Trust and the Trust for Public Land and secure a conservation easement 
So in the 2019-2020 cycle for the SALC, which is the Sustainable Agricultural Land Conservation Act, that we were awarded a conservation easement sale. And what that basically means is that we sold all our development rights on a 752-acre parcel that's butted up directly against the city. In my, my lifetime, I don't want to see it get sold, but I made sure that in my kid's lifetime, in my grandkid's lifetime, in nobody else's lifetime, that it can get sold for development because we want to keep this land in ranching. That's what I bought it for. That's what I came here to work for. And we're going to keep this land in ranching. We're going to provide that stewardship. And I'm thank God my boys and hopefully my grandkids are going to want to keep following that path. I want to thank you again because you did make yourself available in a very short notice uh, for us to come out and you've been absolutely wonderful and you opened up your day and your 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 ranch to us so i just want to thank you for doing this you know it's sure a pleasure and i'm really glad you came down to see me today and uh because ranchers are important you don't see them they're not right along the highways but they're there and we can all work together and provide the right kind of grazing and stewardship and keep the ball rolling into the future after our interview another first for me Rich invited me to get sushi. Unlike most ranches, which are remote, we were just a few miles from grocery stores, strip malls, and well, even sushi. After lunch, Rich offered to drive me back to the airport in Santa Barbara, which, being that it's 40 minutes each way for him, was incredibly generous. On the way, he stopped into a parking lot and said, I've got a speakeasy back here I want to show you. We walked through an alley, and he tapped a key fob on a nondescript door. We walked up a very old staircase and entered a beautifully appointed bar. We were the only ones there. I got four roses right here. Perfect. After 20 minutes or so, the private speakeasy was filled with at least 30 other members. A special thanks to Rich and his team for being so accommodating on short notice. If you'd like to see visuals of our visit, including images of the vistas from the ranch, visit www.calcattlecouncil.org. If you're interested in keeping up with our travels, visit our Instagram account at Cal Cattle Country. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks.